I just want you all to know, those of you who wrote on the top, do not call on me publicly. I saw that. <laughs> and I will not. Hey readers, I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, episode 108. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader. What should I read next? We don't get bossy on the show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Every week, we'll talk all things books and reading and do a little literary matchmaking with one guest or many guests today, actually. Today, I'm excited to share another live episode with you. This one from the fabulous Malaprops bookstore in Asheville, North Carolina. Readers, on our recent Ask Me Anything episode, I got lots of questions about recommending books for kids. When it comes to children's recs, I rely on people who know children's books, and Literati Kids sure does. Literati Kids is a book club subscription that sends five beautiful children's books to your door each month, handpicked by experts. They tailor each box with age-appropriate selections for children aged 0 to 12, and around themes like mystery, adventure, and history. My 10-year-old loved his Literati box and found several new favorite authors among their personalized selections. In addition to the books your child receives, receives artwork from world-renowned artists, personalized stickers, and other fun goodies in each monthly box. Go to literati.com slash readnext for 25% off your first two orders and pick your kids' book club today. Remember, no one else has kids' book clubs like these. Only at literati.com slash readnext can you get 25% off your first two orders and receive five incredible kids' books curated by experts delivered to your door every month. That's literati.com slash readnext. Want a confidence boost? Take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. Get gorgeous professional hair color delivered to your door starting at $22. This is game-changing color you can do at home and look as if you just came from the salon without the time or expense. At Madison Reed, master colorists blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm tones to create over 55 gorgeous multidimensional shades. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. What should I read next listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with the code READ. Use the code READ, R-E-A-D, at madison-read, R-E-E-D.com. This was my first time visiting Asheville and Malaprops, and I enjoyed both so much. We were blown away by everything the area had to offer, and we're already scheming and dreaming about when we can get back. We were there for a weekend, and it wasn't nearly long enough to see everything we wanted to see. And I just loved Malaprops. It's a great bookstore and cafe in the heart of a really vibrant downtown area. You'll hear Melanie say that in a second. She is not kidding. We totally experienced that. And the book scene there is thriving. I've been itching to visit Malaprops for years and I was so happy to finally experience it in person. They have an amazing location, wide variety of staff picks, beautiful well-stocked shelves for browsing, lots of light, tons of fun literary gifts, and the biggest blind date with the book section I've ever seen. We were at Malaprops on a Saturday night and the place was packed. It was so fun to be in a room full of readers so excited to talk books and reading. At Malaprops, I chatted with Melanie McNair, the Director of Marketing and Events and Assistant Manager of the store. You'll hear Melanie introduce me, but then what you won't hear is me talking a little bit about my book, Reading People, How Seeing the World Through the Lens of Personality Changes Everything. After I do that, Melanie rejoins me for our literary matchmaking portion of the evening. As readers arrived, we handed them a little slip of paper asking them to share, you guessed it, three books they love, one book they don't, and what they're reading now, and Melanie and I made as many recommendations to as many readers as we could. But first, I was thrilled that she came prepared with her own three favorite titles. You'll hear what those are in just a minute. 
Audience members didn't come forward to the mic this time, so their responses to my questions are a little hard to hear on audio. I tried to repeat them back for you and the audience, so I think it's going to work out. And overall, I think the audio turned out really well. I hope you enjoy vicariously experiencing this live event in today's episode. After our literary matchmaking, I answered audience questions and then signed a whole bunch of books, took pictures, and gave out photos and bookmarks to readers. It was so fun to meet you all in person, and I also got to put faces to names I'd previously only seen in my inbox or on Instagram or in blog comments. And a fun surprise was I also got to meet a previous podcast guest in person. That's Aaron Swan from episode 47, Needing Books with a Capital N. Hi, Aaron. I'll be traveling more next year, especially in the fall, because my next book, an essay collection on the reading life, comes out September 4th. That publication date is new, and I'm so happy to finally be able to share it. We're planning a little further ahead for travel this fall. If there's any place you'd especially like me to visit, please leave a comment on today's show notes post. That's at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 108, or email our producer, Brenna, at brenna at modernmrsdarcy.com. Readers, this is a really fun one. I'm so glad to have it ready for you to share. I hope you enjoy it. Happy listening. Welcome to Malaprop's Bookstore and Cafe, Asheville's independent bookstore for 35 years. We're still here because of you. Thank you for coming out and supporting independent bookstores and great authors and literature and keeping the culture in this mountain town vibrant. Without further ado, you all know her because you you got here at five o'clock, which is almost <laughs> unheard of on a Saturday night in Asheville, but she's a tastemaker, she's a blogger, she's a writer, she's a mother of four, she's incredible. Please welcome Ann Bogle. I'm glad you're here tonight. Are you, are you ready to do some literary matchmaking? I brought three books that I love that I want to tell you about. This one, well, I'll start with fiction. You might have heard about this book because it's shortlisted for the National Book Award. It's by Jasmine Ward. It's called Sing, Unburied, Sing. And it's a beautifully written book. Every sentence is a beautiful song. Um, and it's about some really difficult subject matter. But she manages to tell a story about difficult things in a way that leaves you feeling like you just encountered a work of art. And it doesn't leave you feeling depressed or devastated. So she transforms really hard things into art. I like it. Have you read it? Well, I have. I, I started it. Uh, not, it was not. <laughs> a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And there's a bookmark in it about here. Uh-huh. Okay, you heard it here first. So I have a podcast guest on Tuesday who's going to tell you that she reads 10 books at once. I, I would like to say I'm still present tense reading it, but it's true that the bookmark has not moved since about September 15th. I have a lot, I have a lot of that on my bedside table. It's, it's a hazard. And sometimes I just forget. I pile things on top of, mm-hmm. on top of it. And it just, I mean, does anybody have a scary nightstand right now? <laughs> Coffee table, office desk, wherever you keep your books? Yes, okay. You are among friends. It's my favorite problem is having too many books to read. It's the mm-hmm. best problem to mm-hmm. have. So another one that I loved so much this year is Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. Her first novel, Everything I Never Told You, was a huge hit. And uh, so I was curious to see if she'd be able to follow it up well. And she really does. This is set in Shaker Heights, Ohio, which is one of the first planned communities in the United States. Uh, It's intentionally racially diverse, um, great schools, some of the best schools in the country. Um, And yet there's still uh, stuff underneath that gleaming surface. And uh, she manages to pull in the story of three different families 
in a way that's so compelling. And she, it's, this is one of those books where I stayed up all night reading, even though I knew I really needed sleep. The kids and the family, there's a bunch of kids in the story. It could almost be a young adult novel if it were somebody else who weren't Celeste Ng who published it. They may have pushed her to make it a young adult novel because she gets the voices of teenagers so, she gets it done so well. And she manages also to tell stories about people in a way that avoids judging people for, the, for maybe some of the parts that other people might, lesser writers might be a little bit more condemning of. I would like to say that this is another book that had a bookmark in it about right there for two months. And then I took it on an airplane with me and I didn't put it, this was with my husband's family reunion. So that was the setup and all I wanted to do was read and I had to assure him, no, it's the book. It's the book, it's not your family. I love your family. I thought that was so well done. And the last one is one that surprised me. Um, it's, a, it's a self-help book. It's by Jen Sincero. She came here and did an event, and I'd never really heard of her writing before, but her first book was called You Are a Badass, and this is the follow-up, which is You Are a Badass at Making Money. And her voice, her writing voice and her speaking voice is so compelling. It's so funny. She's just, um, she's very entertaining, and she manages to educate. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like all the same stuff with the self-help stuff. It's like you have to do these things, and think this way and you will manifest everything into your life. But she does it in a way that's highly entertaining and also rings true because she re relates it to her own stories. And because when she says she got interested in this stuff when she was 40 and she had tumblebe tumbleweeds blowing through her bank account and she was living in a converted garage and uh, she'd already published a couple of books and, and she thought, I think I can do better. And so she went on this journey to do better. And now she's, trust me, she's doing much, much better. Uh, and she's helping a lot of other people. And so we have a, a bunch of signed copies of this because she was here. Um, and it's just really fun. Even if you don't take her advice, it's a really fun read. I would not have picked that one up. Because it's, yeah, I don't know. I like, do you like a good businessy book? No. I, I don't read businessy books, <laughs> but I love this book. So don't add more to your pile is what you're saying. I would add her books to your pile, but I don't, I, I have actually have some other books mm -hmm. in my pile that I may not ever read. It's one of those things where it's like if, if you need to clean the house and you go out and you buy cleaning products instead, that's the business books. <laughs> that's what I do. It's like, I know I need to deal with these things. So I'm going to get some books and then that's as far as I get a lot of times. Since you're a bookseller, I'm not going to ask you what you don't love. Thank you, because that was going to be hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so what I'm seeing here is obviously you like the literary fiction. Yes. But you also like a strong voice. I love a strong voice, yes. Strong voice, well-turned phrase, good stories well told. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have any ideas for Melanie? The Resurrection of Joan Ashby. You know, it's yes. funny. I have a book at home. I have that book at home with a bookmark. I'm, so, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it's on page 40. Have you read that? No, but it's in my pile to read. It's just, it's a little, it's a little chunky. And so I'm like, okay. There's, yeah. I love really long books too, but I have so many books that I want to read that sometimes I put those off and think, oh, I'll do that when I have a lot of time, which of course I never will. So, okay. That was The Resurrection of Joan Ashby, which I think I saw on the front table. Yes, yes, it's right up there. Okay. Any other recommendations for Melanie? I'm wondering if you've read The End We Start From. No, who wrote that? Okay, I don't know. It's on the table. It's on, it was on the table over there earlier. It's a Megan somebody. Megan Hunter. Okay. 
Uh, interesting story. Very strong voice. Mm-hmm. It's more like novella length. You mm-hmm. could get through it really fast. And apparently, Indie Next is on it, which sounds which sounds like it would it would cluster well with yours. Okay, who had a hand up? Ooh, No One Is Coming to Save Us by Stephanie Powell-Watts. Okay. She was here this year, by the way. The Gatsby retold in the South? I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, Melanie, if you're game. Okay. We've got your stack. We're going to take the top few, and one of us will make a book recommendation, or both if we're feeling ambitious. Okay. Okay. Readers, if you love What Should I Read Next, you're going to love being part of our Patreon community. That's where we share bonus episodes, including follow-ups with previous guests, interesting conversations that were cut for time reasons, and one great book style episodes where I tell you all about recent reads that I adore. In addition to the extra audio, you get access to our super secret spreadsheet vault with the full list of all the books guests love and my three recommendations from every episode in an easy-to-search format. And on occasion, we get together live online for Ask Us Anything-style conversations, and events like our 90-minute fall book preview and summer reading guide unboxing. Join for all these perks and to be part of the community behind What Should I Read Next. Go to patreon.com slash what should I read next. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash what should I read next to become a member today. Patreon.com slash what should I read next. I just want you all to know, those of you who wrote on the top, do not call on me publicly. I saw that. And I will not. So no need to hold your breath. That isn't happening. Okay, but if your name's here, I'm going to say hi, but only your first name. Okay, so this is from Amber. She loves A Midwife's Tale, Ballard, based on her diary, and... Wait a second. Are there four books here? Where's Amber? Are there four books here? Or can I just not understand this first title? A Midwife's Tale, The Life of Martha Ballard, based on her diary. Oh. That's a new one to me, can you tell? Okay, her first love, A Midwife's Tale, The Life of Martha Ballard, based on her diary by Laurel Thatcher Ulrich. Second is Endurance, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage by Alfred Lansing. The third is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Okay, one book you hate is She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb. Would you care to expound? Because I have a bookmark in that one at home. (laughs) No, I really do. I started it the other night because I loved, I loved Wally Lambs. I know this much is true. So much. But She's Come Undone is... I I could not even tell you this. I read it years ago and all I remember is I got up in the middle of reading it from my bed and went and threw it in the garden. (laughs) Okay, if you didn't hear that, she got up in the middle of reading it from her bed and threw it in the garbage. <laughs> so I can't even, I can't even tell you what it was about. I can't tell you what it was that made me so angry, but I threw, I went out to my garage, opened it, and threw it hard in the garbage. I don't even know, I can't even remember Well, I'm on about page 200, and it's grim. Yeah. Something really bad happens at page 100, and then something really bad just happened at page 200. And I went to look to Goodreads to be like, okay, people told me to read this, and what were they thinking? I, have, I probably Instagrammed this book, and now did people read it because of me? Uh, Reading Now to the Bright Edge of the World by Eowyn Ivy. And Crossing to Safety is her all-time favorite. But it's reviewed a lot, so she didn't choose it on the, uh, the podcast. Or she didn't choose it on her forum because, mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's why I started listening to your podcast. I just ran across it, and I happened to listen to one, I think it was episode 33 maybe, 
and you talked about how much you loved it. I'm like, okay, she has me for life because if she wants to come to safety, mm-hmm. yeah. So that is a testament to the pa- Like if somebody loves the same book that you love, mm-hmm. yeah, you should hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. All right, Melanie. I'm wondering if you've read this book, These Is My Words by... Did you like it? Am I in the right space? Okay. Yeah. Anything by Eric Larson, too. I really do love the... Oh, I have a question. Mm. Can I ask a question about your... Yeah. There's historical Mm -hmm. fiction as a genre, right? But there's historical fiction that is fiction that's just set in history. Mm -hmm. But what is the genre that's actually based on a true event? Is that still just considered historical fiction, or is there a difference? That's just called really well done nonfiction. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've always wondered if there is, and I really enjoy it. It was based on a real, like Shackleton, anything, mm-hmm. anything by Eric Larson. I didn't know if they differentiated. I have an author that you might want to check out. Her name is Denise Kiernan. She lives here in town. She wrote a book called Girls of Atomic City which is a history of the women who worked, unbeknownst to them, on the, um, the A-bomb. And she just finished and published a book called The Last Castle, which is about the Vanderbilt family and the building of the Biltmore House. So she has a background in journalism, and then she's a researcher, so she's done thorough research on all of these things, and uh, the story really comes alive, like it might in an Eric Larson book. All right, so that question was, what do you call a book that tells of a historical event and is not fiction. Did I recap that right? So, Melanie says really well done nonfiction. Sometimes you'll hear that called narrative nonfiction, if people call it the kind of story that reads, the kind of nonfiction that reads like a novel. Okay, I have two books for you. I think I'm piggybacking off Denise Kiernan, who ran my panel at SEBA. She was such a sweetheart, and now I wish I'd read her book since we're going to The Last Castle already, since we're going to um, Biltmore while we're here. Okay. Um, Cold Girls by Lisa Mundy, I think, is the Girls of Atomic City made me think of that. Yes. Because this is about the women who did know that they had been recruited to break codes in World War II. And uh, they were recruited from colleges with a survey that said, do you like crossword puzzles? And are you engaged to be married? So one would put you in the yes pile and the other would be an automatic no. And they went from there. And then I'm also wondering, this one doesn't come out till I think February, but it's called As Bright as Heaven by Susan Meisner. It's historical fiction, but there's very little historical fiction on the Spanish flu, and we're coming up on a big anniversary of that pandemic. And she has managed to tell a story of that time in a way that is engaging and doesn't make you want to cry or go douse yourself in uh, the germaphobe stuff. So both good things. All right, next up, I've seen this name in print before. Is it Alisa or Alyssa? Alyssa. You never know when you're seeing it in, okay. Alyssa Loves, The Girl Who Saved the King of Sweden by Jonas Jonasson. I'll Have What She's Having by Erin Carlson. So is that good? Because I keep thinking I'm going to pick that up. I think I finished it in less than a week. That's pretty quick for now. Okay, she finished it in less than a week. And Any Inspector Gamache Book by Louise Penny. She was here last year. (laughs) (laughs) All right, One Book You Hate, The Wonder by Emma Donahue, but she liked Room, and now reading Stella by Starlight and Silence, a book I keep meaning to finish. 
Okay. I stopped reading The Wonder too, I admit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. What didn't you like about it? It was claustrophobic. I mean, it was meant to be, but that's the thing. Sometimes a writer does something and they do it so well that you want to throw it in the trash can or you just stop reading it. So. I didn't get to that point. It's still at the bottom of the pile on the nightstand. Mm. I need to take it back to the library. Mm. That happens. All right, Melanie, what do you think? I'm a big fan of Elizabeth George. And I wonder if you've read any of her stuff. It's one. It's also like Louise Penny, like a, a, a thinking person's crime novel that has a lot of really great character development. I keep meaning to read her. <laughs> for, I mean, for exactly those reasons. Have you read any Deborah Crombie? No. Okay. I also started reading her because I'm. It's possible I mentioned once that I was impatiently waiting for the next Louise Penny novel to come out, which is a circumstance I always find myself in if it's not the middle of August when she just had a new book out. And someone recommended that I start with the first novel is called A Share in Death, so which is like a British timeshare. Apparently the Brits have timeshares, but they're classier than ours over here. And so they're British procedurals featuring two characters that you follow all the way through. So you see their ups and downs and their community ups and downs, as well as what happens within Scotland Yard, which is really fun. And I'm also wondering about a book that has gotten a little bit popular, but um, A Man Called Uva, just because of the quirky voice. Have you read that? Um, it just got out loan to me from um, Overdrive. This is a sign. It's a, Well, if you read, I'll have what she's having. I mean, I know it's shorter, but Uva is not long. So, and he's good, yeah. All right, Jill, you are next. And what I really want to know is, are you a podcast listener, and have you been, or do we just have really similar taste? September by Rosamund Pilcher, and This House of Breed by Rumor Godden, and the Starbridge series by Susan Howatch. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that. So I was just immediately filling in the blank. <laughs> you did perfect. You did perfect. Okay, do you do you know those books? I don't. Okay, because I feel like those are um, niche. Those are niche books. So September is a big, sweeping, thick family saga with a terrible cover, um, but it's not its fault. In This House of Breed is a true story about a woman who quits her fancy job. It's not true? It's not true? Well, either way, it's apparently a compelling story. Compelling enough, props to Rumor Garden, about a woman with a fancy legal job in Britain in the 60s who gives it all up to become a nun. And then the Starbridge series is this series about the Church of England that lots of people have picked up because they think, oh, I want to read religious fiction, and then find out that the Church of, Church of England has, or at least Susan Howatch's version, has a lot more um, oh, like sex and intrigue than they expected from religious <laughs> fiction. Okay. What, so whether that goes on your to-be-read list or your never-touch-it list, now you know. Okay, one book you hate. Reading Lolita in Tehran, the only book you couldn't finish? The only one? I'm, I'm an ESTJ, so I have finished it. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my language. And you just finished the new Jan Karen and are reading number nine of Louise Penny. So I guess this is on me, huh? It's all you, yes. All right. So Mitford, for sure. You're happy and, yep, see, that's what I would recommend you. In this house of great, all right. All right, readers. We need a story about 
messy but ultimately loving families, downward mobility for the greater good, and sex and intrigue, and bishops. It's not set in England, but it's set in the South. And it's called The Almost Sister by Jocelyn Jackson. Oh, that's great. It's, she, it's funny. It's got religion in it. It's got really beautiful family dynamics. It's funny. I have to say that again because Jocelyn Jackson is so funny. Um, it's got wrestling with faith. It's got um, wrestling between an old idea of the South and what the South is now. Um, it's really, she really takes her readers gently through uh, a, a learning process of uh, accepting people who are slow to change and allowing them to be slow to change, which I think is really hard in our society now where everybody's, I'm this, and if you're not this, then you're wrong. Um, I think she does a really beautiful job at that. And it's a great, fun read. I love that. And I love her. And read the acknowledgments if you pick up that book, because I think that tells you a lot about where she's coming from. I'm also wondering about Dorothy Sayers. Have you read any Dorothy Sayers, Jill? Because it's got that British thing you have going. And it's snappy. It's funny. It's cl it, like it's thoughtful, but it's also very sharp. And I can see that in, in your picks. Less so in September, the sharp thing, but... Okay. Also, maybe Maggie O'Farrell. Maybe Instructions for a Heat Wave. It's a story about a British family that gets a little bit upended and has to find its way again. It's not as long as September, but it's got some Rosamond Pilcher strands. <laughs> Do you all know that how many books does Louise Penny have out now? Are we on 13 or 14? I think we're on 15, aren't we? I've only just found out that she puts a licorice pipe in every book and also what they are. I had no idea. Kathy... Oh, I said your last name. I'll give you extra stickers later. <laughs> All right. Kathy loves The Twelve Lives of Samuel Hawley, The Women in the Castle, and Himself. Have you read those? No. Really? Okay. So those are all fairly new picks. Literary fiction. You hated The Girl on the Train. And now you're reading Before I Go to Sleep. The Girl, it's violent. You know, it is like really violent. Have you read Special Topics in Calamity Physics? It's, is there someone to like in that book? Yeah, I like the protagonist. I thought the protagonist so. was great. She, Blue, right? It's kind of everybody. Yes, good job. Yeah. You'd think I could remember a name like Blue. Okay, so I'm wondering about Special Topics. It's a story about a girl who finds herself in a situation that she slowly begins to discover is not what it seemed to be. And it's got, like, The Twelve Lives of Samuel Hawley has a plucky protagonist telling you her story, figuring out her father, which is what we have in Special Topics. And then himself is another quirky read. And Special Topics doesn't have that magical element that, that himself kind of hinted at to me, but I think maybe. And before I go to sleep tells me you're okay to go a little dark and creepy. Okay. Which, which was important in that decision. Are you all liking this or is this really boring to listen to? Okay. Because usually I talk to an empty room and y'all you are so quiet. It sounds like an empty room. All right. We're going to do one more and then we're going to do Q&A. Okay. So I can tell 
This is Linda's. Linda, where are you? Hi. I've seen your name in my, in my inbox. It's great to see you in person. So it's no surprise. Oh, I can tell you care because look, she, hand, she wrote this on a piece of paper that was not our form. Okay, so now I'm not surprised to hear the resurrection of Joan Ashby mentioned again. My Absolute Darling by Gabriel Talent, which I keep thinking of reading. And The Rules of Magic by Alice Hoffman. Dislike, a book I've been thinking of reading, if you want to save me some time, See What I Have Done by Sarah Schmidt. And currently reading the very weird, very new Frederick Bachman novella, The Deal of a Lifetime. So. Just finished Elon Hildebrand, so it's all over the, all over the so that says a lot about your reading life. Mm. All right, Melanie, what do you think? Well, I'm going to stick with these literary recommendations. And also, there's a book that comes out in December this year called The Three Faces of Eve um, by a Turkish author. I'm going to say her name wrong. Uh, Elif Shafak. Shafak. She's, also, she's done a TED Talk. She's written, she wrote uh, The Bastards of Istanbul and The Magician's Apprentice. Uh, and Three Faces of Ease is the first one that I've read of hers, and it's, um, it's literary, and it's topical, um, and it's surprising, and it's um, great storytelling. So this is all contemporary literary fiction. Are you able to characterize what it is about these stories that you love in a nutshell? Or do you know it when you see it? No, I think, uh, especially the resurrection of Joan Ashby, I like the development of a, a modern woman and her evolution as she's uh, obviously getting into a, a different age mm -hmm. and time of her life and mm -hmm. how she transforms her herself. And uh, maybe that might mm. me. Okay, so Linda says she especially likes to see the transformation of a female character. Mm -hmm. Well, and as going the girl on the train, one of my complaints about that book, mm -hmm. the fact that I think too many authors fall back on the drunken woman syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, where I, I dislike seeing a gal who's always drunk and misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy. Okay, so Linda also doesn't like the drunken woman syndrome that you see authors turn to, because it's easy. Is that what you're saying? Okay, so because it's hard to make a character, it's hard to give them creepy motives without turning to something like an addiction, so they get an addiction. Okay, I, have you read Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk? Yes, I have. Was that like exactly what you're like? No? No? I hated it. Because you didn't like her? I didn't like her, and I just thought, I mean, she just seemed to walk around the blog a lot. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, it, just, it just wasn't a compelling story, actually, for me. It just wasn't. Did you read the whole thing? Yes, I did. Okay, because at about the 80% mark, I thought, well, you've been holding something back on us. I'm not sure how I feel about what I just read. All right, a female transformation story. I think strong females, I like, you know, strong women. I keep having the, the idea that I should bring up Clara, who's in the back, and, and she's saying no. But. <laughs> I feel like she could answer this question so well. My colleagues are like, we all share a brain when we work together. Mm -hmm. It's like the hive mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I think, I think whenever people ask questions, and I'm like, I'm not really sure, but I know this person could. But she says no. But I'm going to say the Essex Serpent. I don't know if it relates, but she's nodding her head yes. Um, and she's been hand-selling dozens and dozens of this. Have you read it? No, I, I So I'm going to recommend that based on Clara's love for it. <laughs> Thank you, Clara. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful book. The cover. You have it? I have it. I haven't read it yet. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about it. If you liked um, 
who wrote The Miniaturist? The tone feel, felt very similar to me, but that's not going to help you any. I'm also wondering about, this, this is a little bit of a change of pace, but I'm wondering about Deanna Rayborn. I mean, do you like, do you like heroines who are a little bit cheeky? So these are, these are a little more lighthearted. They're, I mean, if like women stabbing people with hat pins is lighthearted, but um, <laughs> she is, she's another Southern author, author. She's in Williamsburg, but she doesn't write Southern fiction. She writes more British fiction um, of Victorian heroines who she's kind of turning the tables on the typical like quiet, demure, repressed Victorian and instead um, turning them into the, what does she call them? It's something like the Petticoat Brigade, um, giving them spunk and fire and personalities and missions and motives and then sending them off into the world to do greater things than were expected or tolerated by women of that era. The first is A Curious Beginning. It's a series. And they're, they're not as literary as the books you've chosen here. But I feel like what you've chosen here is all on the shelves. And you know it when you see it. So I'm trying to point you to something you might not find otherwise. And if you read it, I would love to hear. All right. That was fun. We do this every week on the podcast. If you ever want to be on the show, we do have more submissions than we can handle. But we still, like, really in our hearts want to talk to everybody every week. But that form is at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash guest. We did make you write things on paper, but we're not going to submit you unless you actually want to do that because some people don't. But I can assure you that the recording session looks like this, talking about books except without the audience. <laughs> so it really is like talking to your book friend over coffee. So on that note, that was fun. Thank you for letting us fun. play that live yeah. without our editing safety net. Thank you for having me. <laughs> to untangle myself. That was so much fun. Hey readers, I hope you enjoyed our special live episode. Head to the podcast site to check out the titles our guests and I recommended. That page is at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 108, that's 108, and it's also where you'll find the full and long list of titles we talked about today. I want to share a message with you I just got last week about our live event. It's from one of the readers you heard from in today's episode, and she said, I read and finished A Man Called Uva within a week of the event and loved it, all caps. It was definitely on par with the smart, ridiculous, and endearing characters in Jonas Jonasson's works, and I'm looking forward to reading the rest of Frederick Botman's catalog, at least as soon as I finish all my unread library and already owned books. Smiley face. That was fun to get. I love hearing what readers thought of my recommendations. To be the first to know about What Should I Read Next news, sign up for our newsletter. You'll get behind-the-scenes peeks and first access to information about the live events coming your way in 2018. Sign up at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash newsletter. Readers, one of the easiest ways you can support the authors and podcasters you love this season is to write a review. It's free, quick, and easy for you, but it makes a big difference to me, so thank you. If you enjoy What Should I Read Next, I would appreciate it so much if you would review it on Apple Podcasts. Your fellow readers rely on your reviews to decide what to read and listen to next, and that's why writing a quick review means so much to your favorite authors and podcasters. Thanks in advance for those reviews. I appreciate them so much. Thanks again to our sponsor, Virtue Labs. Virtue Labs is a new hair care brand with a goal of giving everyone the best hair scientifically possible via an incredible new protein, Alpha Keratin 60KU. Alpha Keratin 60KU is identical to the keratin in your own hair and has the power to resurface and fill in cracks from damage, meaning more bounce, more shine, and more life for your hair. 
And now you can get it exclusively in Virtue Labs line of shampoos, conditioners, and styling products. Ready to experience it? Just visit virtuelabs.com and use the code READNEXT to try Virtue at 10% off plus free shipping. To try Simple Contacts for yourself and get $30 off your contact lenses, go to simplecontacts.com slash READNEXT and enter code READNEXT at checkout. If you're on Twitter, let me know there at Ann Bogle. That is Ann with an E, B as in books, O-G-E-L. Tag us on Instagram to share what you are reading. You can find me there at Ann Bogle and at What Should I Read Next? Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as Reiner Maria Rilke said, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone.